Welcome to the Modes of Mouth podcast with Harry Benjamin and Tim Sylvie. This is the place where we meet some of the biggest names in and around motorsport, chat about their lives and everything in between. Did you know that Motormouth is on Patreon? Yes, you can support your favourite podcast if you want. And in return, we've got some great goodies and bonus content to give you. Just search Motormouth Official on Patreon, where there are three levels of membership. Become a Motormouth Companion for just £5 per month with our eternal thanks, early access to all podcast episodes, ad-free. If you fancy going for £7.50 per month and becoming a Motormouth Associate, that means you can ask your own questions to our guests as well as enjoy ad-free early access to every single podcast. And if you're an absolute Motormouth legend and want to do £10 per month, you will get an official Motormouth baseball cap, a personal thank you on the actual show from us, and everything else, including ad-free early access and the opportunity to ask a question. Just search Motormouth Official on Patreon or follow the links in the detail of this podcast. Your support means everything to us and keeps us going, so thank you. Before we kick off with today, guest we must tell you about our season five sponsors and the great team over at motus one sponsors are vital for our survival and ensure we can continue to bring you interviews with the biggest names in racing so if you or your company require event transportation dana and his team at motus one has you covered anywhere in the world from a single chauffeur driven sedan to a fleet of luxury suvs teslas or motor coaches find your transportation solution with motus one With offices worldwide, including the Middle East, Europe and Africa, they can support your transportation needs regardless of your location. Motus One is committed to world-class service at the best possible rates to ensure your event goes without a hitch. Contact them at motusone.com. We'll put all their social links in the podcast description. And a massive thanks to Dana, their CEO and founder, for having faith in our show and joining us for Season 5. Now... On with today's episode. This week on the Modes of Mouth podcast, we are joined by one of the fastest female racing drivers around. If you aren't aware of Esme Hawkey, she is someone you need to get on your radar for 2020. Fresh from winning the Porsche Carrera Cup GB, she means business for 2021. And we also find out what else goes on in her world. Thank you so much to you guys who continue to download and listen. If you like it, please do leave us a review. It really helps us to get bigger and enjoy. Hello, everyone. Tim Sylvie here. Now, before we introduce today's guest i need to head over to essex to bring in my now thankfully covid free companion harry benjamin how are you i'm well i'm reco- well i think i'm recovered honestly would not would not recommend it uh, for a start uh, <laughs> um but yeah no it was it's been a bit of a tough week uh, get, getting it but um i think well uh, getting it just as all these tier four stuff gets uh, introduced in the uk so it seems that like everybody's now sort of getting it but um thankfully i think it just feels like a bit of a bad flu uh, yeah for, but but for, you for actually me. had it and we did a podcast recording with was it the eddie jordan one eddie jordan yeah i don't know what i was thinking and you, uh, you had it during that interview and i have to say you did look horrendous <laughs> oh cheers cheers mate yeah no i carried on soldiered on um but then thinking oh, i just have the flu i'll get through it because you know it's eddie jordan i'll do it um and then had the, got had the test the next day and uh lo and behold i had it so uh bad i spent the week in bed bad times but i'm here i'm alive <clears throat> and i'm ready to go awesome okay well shall i introduce today's guest 
Yeah, let's do it. So today we're joined by a rising star in motorsport. Although her star is already shining brightly, she's enjoyed a career that started in karts aged just nine years old and has over the years built up an impressive racing CV that focuses around GTs in particular with Porsche or Porsche or however you'd like to say it. I'm probably going to get chastised by somebody for saying it incorrectly. She was also a big part of the W Series inaugural season where she did incredibly well, despite it being her first time in a single-seater championship. And she's working with the lovely folks at Mark Blundell's MB Motorsport in the British Touring Car Championship as a development driver. Let's jump into the life, career and opinions of the lovely Esme Hawkey and of course test her knowledge of herself in the infamous Motormouth quiz. Esme, welcome to the show. It's our pleasure Esme, thanks for joining us. So um, well the end of my 2020 hasn't been uh, the best. Uh, so how's your, how's your 2020 been and your general sort of um, life you know you managed to get some racing in but overall how's it been it's been a bit of a weird year yeah definitely it's been such a strange one and I think beginning this year 2020 I didn't even know if I was going to be going racing so for me it's it's kind of been a whirlwind and actually uh, looking at the end of 2020 and how my season's gone and becoming pro-am champion has been a uh, Porsche Curry Cup so to go from one extreme not going racing to to ending it with that has been, yeah, pretty insane. Yeah, what an amazing, amazing year it sort of managed to turn it into. So uh, before we get to sort of the the up-to-date stuff, tell us about, you know, where it all started. Where did the sort of motorsport interest come from? What what got you into it? I started um, in karting, but before all that, I was doing things like ballet and tap dancing and really fairly things. And um, it was my dad who was involved with motorsport. And that's how I got involved in it. I just uh, I can remember going and watching him doing the Monaco Cup out there and uh, just being around everyone and the whole atmosphere and the winning, the losing, the passion um just everything about it the adrenaline I just loved it so um I said to my dad oh this looks great I'd love to get involved how, how do I get involved in it? how can I jump into a car and uh, for my eighth birthday he bought me a car for my birthday and that's where it all kind of started um went over to Rye House and we went round um doing some laps I think my first ever time in a car I actually probably did half a lap stopped on track and was like no this isn't for me oh, <laughs> and my God. dad had to come change I was like what's up with you and, uh, yeah I didn't like it at first but I think a lot changed since then um, so yeah that's kind of where it all started uh, um, so you swapped the ballet shoes for a racing helmet <laughs> <laughs> Naturally. I mean, what what else would you do? At what point did you think, <clears throat> okay, you know, you've, you've had your moment where you thought, no, this isn't for me and you've, you've got yourself together. At, at what point did you think, actually, this is something I think I really enjoy and, and can, can pursue? Do you remember that moment? Yeah, so I remember it quite well because it was my first ever race at a track called Blackbush in the UK. And um, it was my me and my younger brother was also there. Uh, my granddad was spannering me and my dad was spannering my brother and uh, it was my first ever race as a black plate and uh, I remember I won the black plate race and I finished second overall and then when I came in my dad was like oh amazing like when I did my first ever race that's exactly like how I finished I had first in black plate and second overall and that's when I remember and I was like oh this is amazing I want to follow my dad's footsteps I want to do this. 
So did he did he end up going into motorsport or did he just do it as a bit of a hobby? So my dad did a lot of karting, but he started quite late because he first started in motocross and in bikes. And then at the age of 28 years old, he went into karting. So pretty um, old for kind of youngsters starting at like <laughs> five years old. Yeah. Yeah, a lot older than um, you'd normally start karting, but he did karting for a while and then uh, he was really good at that, got into cars and uh, did some races. So um, I don't really know everything. Um, I couldn't probably tell you his whole story in motorsports. But yeah, I know that he did races um, in cars and stuff, but never anything too serious. Mm. But it must be really nice to have that family connection as well. But for you, you moved from from karts to then uh, racing in the Ginetta uh, series, which is obviously an ultra competitive championship how did you find that moving and racing in I suppose tin top cars for the first time yeah so um I was actually at Ella Park karting and uh, Lawrence Tomlinson was there and uh, he saw me karting and said to the guy who ran um the championship at the time oh I'd like to um give Esme the chance to come and do the Janetta scholarship so that's where it came from and that's how I got into the Janetta for the first time and I went to the scholarship that went quite well. I got to the second day, got through the processes, but didn't win the scholarship, but I decided to go into the letters for um, the last three races of that. So, yeah, it was an amazing experience to jump into a tin top for the first time ever. And I think Jeanette is the perfect way for any carter to kind of jump mm. into a race car, um, yeah. be it whether you want to get into single seaters or tin tops, because I just think it's such a great stepping stone into um Cars, not mm. like a huge jump. It's kind of like that more middle ground between karting. Yeah, and... it's funny though because you say it's not a huge jump, but when you watch it, you think these people are completely insane because there's cars flying off all over the place, people's bonnets flying up, and you can't see where you're driving, and there's crashes non-stop. Did when you first had a race, did you just think, "What the hell am I doing?" Now it, it, it looks terrifying to me. Yeah, it is a little bit. I think it's a bit daunting, but I think. Karting's quite close as well. So going into Jeanette's, I think you've kind of got that racing um, background of how it's going to be um, that you take into Jeanette's. But yeah, you do see these young kids going around absolutely battling it out. And I've never seen so many overtaking changes. Yeah. I think they need to do a video count how many overtakes there are in one race because I reckon <laughs> it would be a hell of a lot. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, fast forward, though, to 2019, and you jumped into single-seat uh, championship, the W Series. Obviously, an amazing championship, championing, you know, getting more and more women into motorsport and inspiring the next generation and, and, and giving the current generation, you know, more opportunities and more chance to, to showcase their skills to, to, to well, international motorsport uh, world. How did you um, find that challenge? And, and tell us about, you know, the W Series story. Yeah, it was definitely a challenge. Obviously, my first ever year going into single-seaters, but I absolutely loved it. It was amazing. Um, and I think, well, when I did the 2019 season, I didn't just do W Series. I also did Porsche Carrera Cup. Yeah. Along. It was it was a difficult year for me, jumping in and out such different cars. I mean, they're polar opposite with the W car. You've got the aero, the downforce, and you can hit that brake pedal as hard as you want. Whereas if I were to jump in the Carrera Cup car and hit the brake pedals as hard as that one, I'd probably end up with uh, no wheels on my car. (laughs) (laughs) 
the flat spots. So yeah, it's it's difficult to kind of jump into one of one or the other. Um, but I learned so much when I went into W series, and uh, it was a great experience. But it was difficult getting back into the Carrera Cup car and going, okay, I got to forget everything I've just learned. Mm. Put my Carrera Cup head on so yeah it was tricky but I absolutely loved it racing in Carrera Cup that that proved to be quite fruitful for you anyway so uh no harm done I suppose uh, but actually I wanted to, to talk about the Carrera Cup and because you know the, the, that Porsche series that first of all actually first question is it Porsche or is it Porsche yeah please enlighten us Say Porsche, but I've been told off many times it is Porsche. Okay, it is Porsche. It just so sounds just... weird. It doesn't sound. It doesn't feel natural to say Porsche. No, I feel like it. some wanky, like I don't know, Por- Porsche lovey. You know that I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. But let's let's go with it. Let's we'll do it. We, we, let's go with Porsche. We got confirmation now, so it's yeah. fine. We can just use this as evidence every time we say it. So yeah. the, the Porsche Carrera Cup. There are there are lots of different. Um, series of that around you know Europe um first of all how does the series work what's the racing like and a question I actually had is what makes these Porsche like why are they called why is it a cup car I'm sorry if that's a basic question but I I can't work out why it's called like what makes it a cup car I've never really thought about that to be fair so I (laughs) yes it's all right but no I think being on the Toka package obviously there's so many different Porsche Mm. And I'm involved in GB. And I think being on the Toka package has been amazing for my racing career because um, it's great to be on ITV and I think we get great coverage on there. And it's great to kind of follow along um, the British touring car guys. Mm. And it's actually given me um, some great benefits because uh, you've probably heard that I was um, MB Motorsport Development Driver this year. So I think being involved with the Toka package and that's because Porsche Crow Cup are on that package has uh, has helped me in my career. Yeah. Mm. And it, we I know that next year I think uh, at the time of recording at least is um is still being negotiated. But w- what does the future hold? You know, you've you've been working with the guys at MB Motorsport and British Touring Cars as you say. Um obviously you've got a huge amount of experience now with with Porsche. Um what are your plans for the future? Can you talk about them yet? Do you know what you're going to do this year? So for 2021, um, I'm not 100% sure what my plans are as of yet. Um, I'm working alongside MB Partners and they're working really hard to kind of get me a programme for next year. But obviously I've been involved with Porsche for many years now. I've done three years in Carrera Cup. I did two years in the Porsche Cayman uh, GT4 car before that so that's five years with Porsche I love the brand I'd love to stay with them I think they're amazing and uh, as we see when we look at the um, Porsche pyramid the next kind of step up from Porsche Carrera Cup would be the Porsche Mobile One Super Cup Championship which would take me onto an international stage so that's something that I wouldn't kind of push away I'd definitely look at maybe doing that next year so there's there's exciting things to, to look at for this year and um yeah I'm, I'm excited what 2021 is going to hold for me yeah that, that's really good I mean you obviously know the brand very well um I think uh, it, it sounds like that should be your path from from the sort of passionate way that you talk about the championships that they're involved with and, and the brand so best of luck for that I want to just go back to the whole W Series conversation a little bit because you know you did incredibly well there considering that was your I believe your first time uh, racing in single seaters 
um, and you had some some good results. You had a, a good run out at Brands, a track that you're you're very familiar with, obviously. Um, what do you make of the W Series now that you've been in it and you've left it? What do you make of it? Do, do you think it's serving its purpose to get more inclusion for females in most sport? And do you think that is the right way to go? Yeah, definitely. I think they're definitely doing a great job in promoting women. And I know when it was first spoken about and it first came out, there were some girls which said this is more segregation than it is to promote females in motorsport. But actually, my mindset and my way of looking at it was they're not trying to segregate women. They just want to promote us and they want to try and increase publicity for people to see look girls can be on track and um they can do a great job so I think yeah they're definitely trying to um show that and showcase how good women are in motorsport and I think not only are they trying to do it on track but I think they're also going to be trying to get more women engineers more women mechanics so yeah I think it's still a long process and there's still a lot of time to go but I think this is definitely a good way of doing it and I think um, hopefully in five years time we'll see some of these girls in uh, different categories of motorsport maybe we'll see some of the engineers in W Series working with the Formula One guys later in the year. So you never know. It's hard to tell, but I think it can't do any harm. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And I think I, I've been quite vocal in previous podcasts about the about when we're likely to see a female step into Formula One um, and not just as a, a development driver or reserve driver, but a full-blown F1 driver. And it's always felt like for me that it's it's quite a long cycle that's, that it's got to go through. You know, that it's it's probably, like you say, five years, maybe 10 years before we see a, a female in Formula One because it needs to go through that sort of development phase of finding more and more girls to go through the programme and push them into other race series. Do you agree or do you think we might see someone in Formula One sooner? No, I definitely agree. I think it's definitely going to be that five to 10 years kind of mark. And I think primarily because like when I went into the shops to go and buy some kids toys, you you always see like the girls category and the boys category and your girls will be Barbie doll, all that sort of thing. And then underneath the boys section, you'll have your Hot Wheels. So already there's that kind of stigma of what girls should be doing and what boys should be playing with, you know, and, mm. and you don't see the girls section hot wheels like I, <laughs> it just doesn't exist yeah. i think already when into a store to pick out their toy at such a young age when it really matters for their future they they can't see what's going on so i think that's another thing that w series is great for because girls can finally have a program they can watch on television where they see more girls than men on their telly driving a car so i think it's going to take some time for those girls to kind of grow up and think, you know what, sod this, I want to be a racing driver. Because I came from a racing background, that's how I got into it. And had I not come from a racing background, I don't think I'd be involved in motorsport. A quick interruption of the show to remind you to check out our Season 5 podcast sponsors, Motus One, the event transportation company. Motus One is the industry leader in complex transportation management. From hospitality, talent, production crews, VIPs and artist transportation, Motus One's team have you covered. They've also just launched their leading edge cloud-based event transportation management system, Motus Ride. 
Now you can manage your entire event transport program digitally, making bookings, allocate rides, create approval processes, see reports, track costs, and loads more. Head over to motusone.com and hear how they can support your event transportation needs. The F1 goal is one thing, but already it's you know it's amazing to see how much it's achieved already in in well, I suppose the one year they've really had it. You know they've had drivers uh, you yourself going on in in Porsches, and then you've got people racing in uh, IMSA and and the World Endurance Championship. So it's not just F1; it's about getting more. You know, uh, well I suppose if you look at just the racing driver aspect of it, more women in these sort of mm. in top international seats, regardless of whether it's single seater Formula One or, or big GT programs um now you you we can clear to see you have a huge passion for for porsche and the brand and when i think of the brand i think i start to think of the world endurance championship and imza and and you know if we get if we get really you know into it they're coming back to to the 24 hour le mans with their hypercar is that something you think maybe oh i could i would like a piece of that someday would you want to work towards something like that yeah, definitely. So looking at my future, I, I want to definitely become, um, I want motorsport to be my career or mm. ultimately. So to, to become a works driver is kind of the goal or to do it in another way where you can earn money from motorsport is, is my, is my plan for the future. And I think like I, I've said it, I could shout it more. Um, Porsche is a great brand and I think everything that they do, they do so well. So if there was ever an opportunity to be involved <coughs> like you say some of those championships with Porsche that would be absolutely amazing mm, well, well we'll clip this up and send it to them and see what they get back um, <laughs> Presum- presumably you've, they've, they must have given you a Porsche by now right so actually at the end of um, 2020 because I won the Pro-Am championship I have now got a Porsche 911 for, oh. for the year that's pretty cool that's pretty cool that is cool that's extremely cool. Oh, yeah. God, I'm so jealous. There's me and my Skoda. Just... <laughs> As presents go, that's a pretty good one. Now, um, we are uh, we have a quiz, Esme, uh, where the prize is is, is not a Porsche. Um, in fact, there is no prize. No. You play you play for pride. Um, and uh, and it's one of the hardest quizzes in motorsport. We've had about 40-plus people on there. Cue the music. Um, uh, cue the music. Are you ready to play the hardest quiz in motorsport, Esme? There we go. Excellent. Right. So uh, we have four questions for you and then a bonus question. Each question is worth three points. Um, I mean, we do make it up as we go along, but there's around 14 points on on the market. Um, In pole position at the moment is Alexander Sims from the Formula E world with 14 points. But if you get 14, you go to the top. So um, that's where we're aiming for. Now, last on the list is Karun Chandor with three and a half points. Um, So that's that's the benchmark. If you get above him, you're not last. So it's all good. Um, And anywhere in the middle ground, you're you're in amongst good people. Catherine Bommier is 25th. David Coulthard is 24th. Um, We've got Rachel Brooks in 16th position it's all to play for really so question one are you ready ready right how many points did you score during the 2020 Porsche Carrera Cup GB Championship now I'm allowing uh, 10 either side here so uh, if you're if you're 10 either below or above you can still have the points okay this is I don't even know the answer to <laughs> Excellent. Seven the dark for a number that's just going to come to my head. I'm going to say um, 97 points. 
It's not a ninety-seven. It's, it's not a bad first guess, but it's not great either. I, it, I think it's, we'll give it give it another chance. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give you another chance. We, we're thinking with three digits here. With three digits. So you did. You did pretty well. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I probably didn't add on my uh, my last race weekend. That's probably why we've gone wrong. There we go. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I would yeah. say so. So take take that math into account. What's the number you come up with? We'll go for 125. Oh, oh so close. no. So close. So the final score you ended up with was 156. So that's pretty decent, but I'm afraid, even though you got all those points, it's it's a it's a poor start, Esme. That's uh, that's a big fat zero, I'm afraid, <laughs> on that one. Oh. So uh, we'll quickly move on to question number two. Um, here's hoping we can get off the mark. In what position did you finish? the UK GT Cup GT4 racing series in 2016. You got this. Um, finish the championship. Yeah, in the where did you end up in the final standings? I'm going to go a second. Yes! We're off the mark. There we go. Solid three points in the bag for that one. Well done. Uh, right. I just, have to say, I just have to say, Harry... I, yes. do, I do feel like Esme's got a bit of an advantage here because usually, right, we do um, radio clips, okay, um, yeah, between yeah. driver and engineer. And because a lot of our guys um, and girls that we have on the show are um, in single-seater championships like Formula E, there's a lot of, there's a lot of radio chat. And you, they have to get three things right within a question to yeah. get the three points. Esme's just got three points for getting one answer right. This is a, this is a flipping outrage. So, but she got zero on the first one. Yeah. So, oh, you know, swings and roundabouts. Okay, fair dude. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're going we're gonna to move away from, from you on this question. So this depends on how good your F1 knowledge is. Mm. Who finished last in the Formula One driver standings in 2020? What is this? Is that right? Is that, I'm surprised. Yeah. I've just looked at the answer. Who finished last? Um, oh, God. <laughs> oh, it's a reasonable guess. It's a reasonable guess, but it's incorrect. The answer is actually um, Pietro Fittipaldi, of because, course, of course, yeah. he raced in the last two Grand Prix. Yeah. Um, so I'm afraid... Oh, Esme. Right, OK, come on. We can pull this back. We can pull this back. You've got to at least beat Karun. <clears throat> Okay, question four. How many more points? Oh, now now I'm reading this. I just think it's kind of hard. This but, is tough. Oh well. How how many more points did Lewis Hamilton finish the 2020 F1 season with than runner-up Bottas? So how many more points did he get than Bottas at Oof. the end? Now again, again, I'm allowing I'm allowing plus or minus fifty here oh. because it's quite a big chunk. So you can have you know there's a decent decent amount of numbers to play with here. Okay. Wow. Um, I wouldn't have a clue again. <laughs> I do watch Formula One, but... Uh, I'll, I'll you, I wouldn't I'll, have got I'll give you a clue, I'll give you a clue. I'll give you a clue. So the answer, the incorrect answer you gave for question number one could actually help you here, if you can remember what you said. <laughs> well, I mean, I gave two incorrect answers. <laughs> Say again. I'll go with 97. The other incorrect answer. 120. You know what? Both both would have been allowed anyway. So you get the full three. Uh, um, do I get the full three points or do I get two? Mm, 
Mm, I'll be nice and give three, three full points. Three full points. The correct answer was he finished 124 points ahead of Bottas, which is kind of mad. Um, so I was allowing 50 points either side of that. So you're well in there. So we're back on track. It's fine. You're not last. So we're all good here. Okay. And we've still got one more bonus question to go. Um, now, we know you love an Instagram, but how many followers do you have I have 16,800 Boom. And that is one extra point for you in the bag. So if I just do the math. Salvage that. I think that could be all right. Solid mid-table. I think you salvaged it towards the end. That is a solid, a solid seven points in the bag. So you're 50% there out of from full points. And that puts you ahead of Steve Ryder, Jack Aitken, uh, Bobby Thompson, and just below Johnny Herbert in 31st position. Oh, well so, done. So, not too shabby, I'd say. I'd say you recovered that quite well. This this leaderboard is getting big. I'm pretty happy with that today, to be fair. Oh, good. And also, fun fact, 31's my lucky number in racing. Oh, sounds good. Well, there <laughs> we go. It all worked out perfectly. Well, Esme, thank you for playing the hardest quiz in motorsport. Thank you very much. Oh, well done. And 31, there we go, you see. It's like it's like we planned it. Now, listen, Harry mentioned it in the last question there. You, you are big in your social content, your Instagram and so on, um, and you seem to enjoy the whole um, social media aspect of things. Um, you do a lot of fitness-based stuff on there. How, how important is that social side for you? And, and also, how important is it for a racing driver, for their, for their personal brand? Yeah, for me, social media is a huge part of my racing career. I mean, if we just look at 2020, um, I wouldn't have gone racing had it not been for social media because without my partners and my sponsors, I can't go racing without them. And so they're a huge part of my racing career. And so with social media, I was still able to kind of make them happy and be able to promote them through my social channels so that they would stay on board with me. So I think social media is an amazing platform to have for a sports athlete. So yeah, and also on the fitness side, I like my sports, I like my fitness and my followers follow me along my journey and I think it's nice to just kind of um, put up what I'm doing and uh, I've had messages back where people have like followed on to my fitness videos so yeah it's great fun to do it all and you've got a there's a couple of things that you've highlighted on your your Instagram feed um recipes being one uh, LA being another tell us a bit about those two parts of your life is is food and cooking or, or perhaps healthy food is that is that something you enjoy yeah so I love I absolutely love cooking and especially baking so probably not so healthy but I do love a good baking I think everyone in 2020 baked a banana bread cake um never had one yeah. never had one <laughs> um yeah so baking's a huge part of me and I do love being in the kitchen and cooking so yeah I do find great pride in that and also um the reason for LA is I love travel so yeah um I just think travel's a great way um, and a great part of my life. So, yeah, those are probably the reason for those two highlights. Mm. And it got you 16.8K followers, so you must be doing pretty pretty well on it as well. Exactly. So it's not too shabby. <laughs> um, now, uh, as a racing driver, you know, you have to have a pretty strong 
mentality because you have lots of ups and you have lots of downs. How do you deal with the sort of the winning and losing aspect of it all? And and, and also, you know, I suppose it's not just the winning and losing. It's about getting a place on the grid in the first place. How, how do you deal with it all mentally? Yeah, so obviously with the winning, I think it's important to take every victory like it's your last because um, motorsport is such a tough sport and there's definitely more downfalls to it than there are the highs. Um, so yeah, I think take every victory as if it's the last and enjoy the moment. Um, but even so, like the losing is is hard, but I think when you go into a race and you do the best that you can and that's all you could accomplish, then mm. um, you're not so much upset about it. You'll just look at it as in, what do I have to work on? How can I improve myself and how can I do better next time? But if it's something like, and these these things do happen, if it's something like you're you're in a race and then you're winning and last lap comes and there's a mechanical failure and you don't finish the race, those those are really that's a really hard pill to swallow. So there are things like that in motorsport which can kind of dampen your day. But yeah, you just pick yourself up again and yeah, yeah, get back to trying to get those victories. Now, yeah. what what? would you say you are completely useless at outside of motorsport? You're obviously a brilliant driver. We know all that. But what are you crap at? Take take motorsport away. What are you useless at? Well, it's a difficult question because, I mean, there's probably a lot of things in the world that I'm absolutely useless at. <laughs> I think one of those things where, like motorsport, there's probably loads of people who are probably useless at that. But I think... If you kind of take something and uh, let's say singing, for example, I would be absolutely useless. I'm tone deaf and I would probably shatter a lot of glass if I started singing. Um, but I think everything you can kind of work towards. So maybe one day I'll be an amazing singer. But yeah, I'll go with I'm absolutely useless at that for now. <laughs> well, it's a real shame you said that because we've now got to the part where um, we all like to sing a song, hey. basically. Um, so uh, if you wouldn't mind. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think there's enough that you're good at that you can get away with being a bit crap at singing. Um so and, and suppose well, I suppose we if we flip it on its head, I suppose would you say cooking is really sort of and baking and, and is that kind of your hidden talent, I suppose? Yeah, maybe. I do like to whip up something in the kitchen. So uh yeah, it, that could be my hidden talent. Yeah, we'll go I'll with make that. a great Oh, <laughs> an apple turnover. Very exotic. <laughs> Esme, who, who, did you have a, a hero growing up, whether it be racing or otherwise? Obviously, your, your father was a big part of your, your career and, and your inspiration to go racing. But who else did you look up to um, when you were younger? Yeah, so I've always kind of answered that question with my dad because he's been a huge part of my motorsports career. Um, another hero of mine is my, my granddad. Um, he's the one who was always there um, getting me into karting and uh, he supported me. Um, every step of the way. I don't think he's ever missed one of my races. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's a big hero of mine. And got to ask, um, you're a young person, you're um, probably more um, tech savvy and um, more into sort of electric hybrid uh, vehicles than I am. I'm making an assumption there, but I, I'm, I'm still fairly useless when it comes to um, hybrid engines. Formula One or Formula E, what's your preference? Um, I would probably say 
Formula One. I watch Formula One more than I do watch Formula E, but I do watch Formula E sometimes. I think it's great racing, but I don't think I've quite got my head around the electric racing mm. as of yet because I just think the rawness of racing and the sound of the engines is is something you, you can't not love. So, yeah, um, I'd probably pick Formula One. And it's also the highest level of motorsport. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, well, I... I Actually, just off that, um, we look at things like Extreme now, uh, which uh, is another completely electric motorsport series. But crucially, they're 50% female drivers and male drivers. So that must be uh, something quite interesting for you. Yeah, definitely. I think that is uh, something really exciting um, that we're going to see in 2021. So I'm excited to, to watch it and see what happens there. Uh, one of my friends is in it as well, Jamie Chadwick. So yeah, I'll be cheering her on and uh, it'll be exciting to see how it goes. I think, yeah, it's, uh, it's a cool kind of platform and uh, yeah. yeah, amazing. It looks like a very cool championship and that we've been seeing a lot of the footage coming out from their, uh, their testing and it looks amazing. And obviously you mentioned Jamie there. Um, I have to ask, so Jamie's our, our current reigning champion in, in W Series. Do you think she's going to retain her crown in 2021 or can you see someone else taking the top step at the end of the year? Um, it's definitely a hard question, but I think um, it might be a harder year for Jamie uh, in 2021 uh, just based on the fact that Jamie came into W Series last, uh, not last year, sorry, Jamie came into W Series in 2019 um, having done single seaters and having raced it. So I think a lot of girls on the grid had just stepped into a formula car or had come back from years of not being in a car. So now that they've kind of got back into it and got back into the swing of things, I think maybe we'll see it being more of a competitive year. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting for sure. Now, um, We'll let you go shortly. We have a final three questions um, that we ask all of our guests and they throw up different answers. However, I have mixed it up a bit, Harry. I don't know if you noticed, but I've changed. Oh, I noticed. You noticed. I've changed question number two because I was feeling a bit silly, but uh, I'll let you ask that one. So I'll, I'll, I'll kick off and, uh, and ask you, what's got you excited at the moment? So what's got me excited at the moment is to have signed with MB Partners. I'm really excited to have a management company on board with me and excited to see what 2021 is going to hold and uh, what exciting racing plans uh, are going to be in store. Yeah, that's, Ooh, that's they'll, cool. they'll love that. They'll, they'll love, love that. that. We obviously had we had Mark on the on the show a little while back, and they're doing brilliant things over there. And and thanks to Tom and uh, to Alex for helping us out and, and getting this interview sorted. But yeah, we're we're big fans of what they're doing, and obviously Mark also having his touring car team. Um, they're doing some brilliant things in and around motorsports. So congratulations to them, and well done to you for signing with them. Um, Harry, over to you for our highbrow question number two. Yeah, let me just put my highbrow journalism hat on um esme if you could be an animal what would you be and why now just take a minute really think about this yeah yeah it's, hard <laughs> it's probably i mean there's no wrong answer, but there probably is wrong answer. well uh no. <laughs> um, Oh, I don't know. Well, I'd probably, I don't know, go for a cow because oh. I just love cows. 
So I feel like no one's going to choose that one unless be a little bit different in life. Oh. Yeah, fair. to be fair, actually, I saw um, a TikTok, which is kind of consuming my life at the moment. I don't know if you're on TikTok, but it's, it's relentless. But um, I somehow ended up on the cow side of TikTok the other day, and uh, which who knew there was a side of that. Um, and you could, like, apparently they're, they're basically like massive dogs. They will hug you. They'll lay down with you if you, get, if you have a good relationship with you. So like, I feel like that's not a bad shout, to be honest. I think you're onto something there. I appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, and if you're not on the cow side of TikTok, what are you doing with your life? Come on. <laughs> Good lord, what what has happened to this show? Uh, I mean, you know, what what what's what are we doing with our lives? I like it, and I, I like that Harry, you're so knowledgeable about cows that you you know that they like to lie down and have a cuddle. It's a bit yeah, weird. Have you do. have you done that? Uh, not yet, no. Well, I, well, to be honest, being ill with COVID has meant I've been stuck in my room, isolating, um, with nothing but really my phone and laptop. So, but it's uh, in the pipeline. I'll, I'll, I'll blame it on that. It's in the pipeline. It's in the pipeline. Yes. Okay. Good. Um, Esme, enough cow chat. Um, our final question for you before we let you go: uh, What are you scared of? Uh, so, what I'm most scared of, I'm probably scared of a lot of things, to be honest, but. Uh, two things I absolutely am scared of is heights, which I'm getting better at, but heights is one of them, and spiders. I cannot stand spiders. I think that is definitely someone else's fear in the whole world yeah. as well. So definitely a lot of um, people who hate spiders. Yeah, not, not a fan of spiders. The, the heights thing, does that extend to aeroplanes, or is it like one of those height things where if you can see the ground 20 metres away, then it's then it's terrifying? Yeah, it's a weird one. Like, not all heights scare me. It's more like if I'm on the edge of a cliff, then I'd be petrified. Or, like, if I feel like I can fall, mm. then it... Mm. But if I'm in an aeroplane or a helicopter, life's good. I feel secure. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, if you're in a helicopter, life probably is quite good, actually, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> Many helicopters in my lifetime, yeah. but... Ah, <laughs> oh, that's great no, well thank you for that and thank you so much for your time and um i hope that your your drive for 2021 um soon gets um sorted and we see you in a championship somewhere hopefully without any coronavirus or covid nonsense getting in the way so we wish you all the best for um the upcoming season and look forward to chatting with you again soon and, and hopefully seeing you a paddock seeing you in a paddock at some point uh, in 2021 thanks so much guys been great talking to you before you hop off one final reminder to check out the guys and girls at motors one your new transportation solution for minor mega and signature events anywhere in the world motors one simplifies the complex process of event transportation and provides clients with unrivaled service and support to ensure your events transportation needs are fulfilled Check them out today at motorsone.com and if you tell them you found them through the Motormouth podcast, you'll get up to 20% off your first booking. Now, doesn't that sound good? Thank you so much for listening to the Motormouth podcast. Do make sure you give us a follow on our socials, Twitter at Motormouth underscore, Instagram at Motormouth underscore official and Facebook, just search Motormouth. You can download the Motormouth app where you can get exclusive video content from MMTV, create your own social profile to interact with other fans and check up on all the latest happenings with whatever motorsport takes your fancy. Don't forget to like, subscribe and review. And until next time, you'd be listening to the Motormouth podcast.